So tonight I'd like to speak about, uh, you know, a question which is brought up many times now these days. What can I do in these times of great complexity? In this time, you know, with uh, where we are confronted with uh, the polycrisis of many of our old systems starting to show that they are no longer really effective, that they are no longer really able to take care of us. And uh, I've brought a quote tonight from Gregory Bateson, who is an English anthropologist who died in the 1980 here in California. And he said, the major problems of the world are the result of the difference between how nature works and the way people think. So the difference between how nature works and the way people think about it. And the word dharma or dhamma is actually a word for nature. The laws of nature or nature were also the teaching. So the difference between the Dhamma, how the Dhamma works and how we think about it, that's really produces the suffering. And at this time, you know, with uh, the climate crisis and the all, all the other crises which are connected with that, uh, you're starting to take on proportions where you know many of us really feel an urge to do something about it, wanting to act, wanting to to do something, and not just uh, you know put the head into the sand. But then you know starting to think about it, we are confronted with a vast complexity. And, you know, simply the dualistic way of thinking, the way we are currently, you know, operating, the worldviews we are currently looking at, looking from at, at the situation, they are actually at the root of the crisis itself. So, you know, as uh, I think um, Albert Einstein has said, you know, we can't solve the problem from the consciousness which has created the problem. And, you know, in the current consciousness of, uh, of mainstream society is, is deeply uh, dualistic and reductionist. And, uh, you know, is still kind of seeing everything as a machine, you know, which can be fixed like a truck or something. But the planet isn't just a machine. It's a very, it's a, an alive being, which has very complex systems, which are working together, creating this amazing miracle of planet Earth of which we are part. Our own bodies are part of the planet too. They are made out of the same elements as the planet. And uh, you know, that's a new way of looking at our own uh, lives, uh, at our own bodies. And and that's something which now slowly starts to enter mainstream society, the recognition, you know, that we are not separate from this planet. And, uh, you know, and reality is really starting to push us to look in this way with all of the uh, things which are happening, you know, the very violent weather patterns, which have been, you know, becoming more and more over the last 
few years. We can you know, see it here in uh, San Rafael in California. There was so much rain over the last uh, few months and just, you know, the year before I was, when I was still at Aloka Vihara Forest Monastery in the Sierra foothills, we almost, uh, you know, lost the whole monastery to the wildfires. So, you know, there is a real need for us to take in this feedback from reality. And, but take it in in a way, you know, which is not rooted in the old paradigms, but finding new ways, you know, of integrating and opening up to this information in a way so that we are changed by it. So listening to what's happening or leaning into what's happening but at the same time also question our own worldviews and the stories and narratives we tell ourselves about ourselves and what it means you know, to be alive on this planet at this time. We need to really address the complexity of the situation and you know, start to investigate who are we really. And that's you know where our work lies. I think that's what we need to do at this time to really reconsider who we are, because what we will find out is we are not separate beings. You know who can uh, control and use the planet as a resource base, but we will find out that we are the planet itself, really. And. Uh, you know, deeply change the cultural wiring which we have received through conditioning, you know, through our upbringing, the schooling, the, our parents, the media and everything. And starting, you know, starting to understand that uh, the planet isn't a resource base or machine which we can you know, master or control, but it's a, it's a mutual dance. It's a, a relationship which we need to uh, respect and honor. And it's more like an art. It's not a, it's not like, um, something we can, you know, write down and then just follow the rules. It's, it's much more fluid than that. Maybe a bit like, you know, composing music. It's, it's a different kind of intelligence, a different approach altogether, which we need to train ourselves in. And... Uh, you know, that's, I think, the most important action we can take at this point, rather than, you know, trying to directly go at the problem from the old worldviews, we need to look at these cultural narratives first. And then, you know, once we have really looked at the cultural narratives and the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves and who we are and what our culture is and what the planet is, once we investigate and question all of that, then I think appropriate action will arise out of that rewiring of the foundational basis we are standing on, you know, intellectually, for example, and also, you know, with our hearts, just altogether reconsider the whole setup. I think that's what is really important right now. And uh, we, we need to do that together because it's a very kind of challenging work, which takes a lot of courage to really question these basic assumptions we have lived with for, you know, human beings for hundreds of years, really. 
some say, you know, the last thousand years, some say the last 500 years, this kind of view of using the planet as a resource base and trying to master it, trying to control it. And, you know, being really good in some things with technology, for example, but not really seeing the context. So we need to start, you know, with questioning all of that. And then, you know, that is a very scary thing. It feels like very the uncertainty of that way of uh, stepping off the cliff in a way. And uh, being, you know, in this uh, lostness, somehow having lost the, the way, because the way from the old worldview, we cannot find our way through this. And they're making friends with being lost. I think that's very important and that is something we can support each other in this work. It's hard, it's messy, but it's also it's creative. And it's not like a bullet point action plan, but it's much more like allowing the messiness and the, the the composting of these old assumptions, allowing that process to do its work and then trusting that new answers will emerge out of that. So, you know, starting with our own bodies and minds, you know, which are very complex as well, and you know, trusting that if we are turning towards that complexity with the tools we have in the meditation, for example, that they will be our resource, you know, to find our way through this time of great transition. We can say it's an evolutionary threshold we are finding ourselves on. And, you know, this has happened many times before in the evolution of, of life on this planet. And obviously, you know, it has continued and otherwise we wouldn't be here today. So this is an intelligence which is so much vaster than what we can ever craft, you know, with these little minds of ours. So it's, it's something which cannot even be verbalized because it cannot be understood with the thinking mind. It's a different kind of intelligence which we need to allow to come forth by being willing, you know, to sit with that not knowing, to sit in this very uncomfortable space of uncertainty. But doing it together is makes it so much easier because it's, it's you know, an issue which pertains to all of us, to the whole species. And And this, you know, the highest potential for growth comes from direct experience. And then meditation is a technology, you know, which supports us to have a direct experience of our inner lives. And also we can see, you know, for example, we can see the connectedness with everything else. And later on, you know, after the reflection, uh, I'd like to share with you a guided meditation. So we have a direct experience of the truth that our bodies are not separate from the biosphere. And if this kind of exercise, you know, is done 
on a regular basis, it changes us because the mind responds. The mind adapts. This body and mind is a very powerful, very extremely complex biocomputers, we can say, you know, which have been developed on this planet since billions of years. You know, this planet is constantly changing. It's a process and these bodies of ours are a very late development. They are you know, around for about 250,000 years only. There's a lot of wisdom in these bodies and minds of ours. For example, you know, our bodies consist of about 40 trillion organisms working together. And at the same time, are in constant exchange with the biosphere. That's just something the thinking mind can't even understand. It just, it blows the mind because it's so incredibly complex. But it's something we can intuitively turn towards and uh, develop a different way of relating to that, a different way of sensing into that. And then, you know, in investigating where is the edge of me? Where do I start and where do I begin and where do I end? Is it my skin or is it my house or is it my bank account or is it my family or is it my community or is it my nation or is it the biosphere of this planet? Where, where is it? So that's, you know particular ways of investigating our own assumptions, which through repeated application of that um, investigation, it, it starts to change us. And that's exactly you know, what we need. We need to change the narratives we tell ourselves about ourselves so that we can relate to the situation in an appropriate way. And if we do that, then answers will arise out of that appropriate relationship. At the moment, we still, you know, tend, mainstream society still tends to relate to the planet as a, as a machine, like a truck, and now trying to fix it, fix the climate crisis. That's not going to work. But what really can work is if we really start to deeply understand the interdependence, because that will facilitate the shift we need to have, you know, in order to open our minds to new ways of relating and experiencing. you know to ask different questions and uh, then different possibilities come out of that shift which we can't from the old world uh, worldview we can't really appreciate that because it's too it's too narrow it's too brittle it's too hierarchical so that that lostness you know having lost the way and being in this very uncertain space holds a, a great richness if we can you know a, a tolerate it, to be in that space and you know in the buddha's teaching the Buddha has spoken to that and called it in the early teaching anatta or not-self and then later emptiness. And the Thich Nhat Hanh 
called it interbeing and you know, modern science speaks about it as entanglement, this deep interconnectedness of all life forms. And if we you know, can tolerate to sit in that space and sit in that space together, that's the action you know, which is most needed now in order to prepare our minds to be able to relate to what's happening in a different way. So it's a much deeper and a much wider approach than the mechanistic, materialistic, dualistic worldview. And it connects us with a much vaster uh, root system. And from that place, you know, we, we will be able to receive much more information from which we can then go into action which is really relevant and which is really appropriate. And, you know, which brings us into greater coherence with uh, the way things truly are, into greater health. And, you know, that's, as I said before, that's something we need to do together and to hold those, you know, in these um, conversations together. And it's not about who is right and who is wrong. We don't have time, you know, for that. The situation is rather urgent. But it's, it's about putting down the old stories and, you know, stepping out of these old ways of looking at, at who we are and what the planet is for us. And it's in particular, you know, to investigate where we are standing and from where we are looking at, at all what is happening right now, to really question that. And, you know, knowing that there are no experts out there, we all have to take part in this adventure. You know, being together on this evolutionary threshold as a species. And, you know, we are the ones we have been waiting for. And it's like an art and a science. My first teacher, Ajahn Buddha Dasa, always uh, spoke about Buddhism as an as a art and a science. It's a very intuitive process on the one hand, and also a very precise explanatory process on the other hand. And we have to, you know, work with both. Like poetry and a prose, both is needed. Intuition and intellect, both is needed for this transition for, so that we can uh, activate what we have got in order to grow into what we can be. We have the equipment already, we just need to uh, fine tune it more and bring out the next level of capacity of our own bodies and minds. And you know, stepping out of this materialistic neoliberal worldview, which is really killing us. The planet itself is not in a crisis, it's us who are in a crisis, we are in a crisis. And we have to, have to bring back different ways of knowing, ancient and new ways. 
And you know, currently there are no experts because it's it's a very it's a threshold we haven't been at yet. So we need to make it up as we go along. And the people who are the closest, you know, to having the important information are the indigenous people who live in a way where they really honor the biosphere as a sacred and but there's respect and you know a, a relationship with the biosphere and the deep wisdom knowing you know that we cannot cut ourselves off we cannot master this great vast network of life but we are part of it so we can learn a lot from indigenous cultures but at the same time you know we cannot go back into the forest to live into the forest we live where we do live and we have to reactivate those ways of knowing which are you know deeply in our inheritance in our bodies and minds in our dna we can reactivate that again but only you know if we show you know the humility needed to come to the ground from our high-rise buildings in the true sense of the word and uh, establish a relationship again with life And, you know, the Buddha's teaching has many ways, you know, how we can work with our mind in order to encourage the mind to come out of these very deep habits of um, thinking and projecting. Not only you know, on an individual level, but also on a collective level. And... Uh, Today, I'd like to share with you meditation on the five elements as a way, you know, to bring it really deeply home that we are not separate from the planet. And then, you know, out of that uh, honoring and out of that humility and willingness to be with that process, a new kind of coherence and integrity will come forth. And, you know, and we come much more to alive. And, uh, Then, you know, from that new way of experiencing ourselves, we are capable to have a different, much more fluid kind of relationship with, with the biosphere. And then the answers will come from that place. But we can't really think it through. We need to first fine-tune our mind and be you know like an instrument or like a radio which isn't kind of quite getting the right channel yet there's a lot of of static noise and we can't really hear it but if we work on it we can and that's you know the most important action we can take at this point with an intention which is clear And then, you know, really listening and, and really deeply nourish also that intention to be part of this transition. Not, not just for ourselves, but, you know, for especially for future generations. 
And I think, you know, that's a very um, enlivening way of looking at the practice to you know, do it not just for our own benefit, but for the benefit of, of all sentient beings. That just gives us a lot of um, strength and a lot of uh, inspiration to really use what we have got to make a difference. And then, you know, the question will be answered step by step, moment by moment. And at the same time, there's a much greater sense of connection there and a sense of belonging also to this vast intelligence, you know, this self-regulating biosphere of planet Earth, which is evolving since about 4 billion years. And knowing, you know, that it's our home and we are part of it. And now time has come where a great transition is making itself known and we are called to participate. So we have now a short break for like about 10 minutes. And then afterwards, I'd like to share with you a guided meditation on the five elements, which is a perfect tool, you know, to, to fine-tune the mind and experience it in the body our belonging so that we may, you know, really be able to tune in and become part of the solution. So I see you again in a few minutes. Thank you for listening. a minute or so to look at everyone on the screen and if you like to do that too you're just taking it in you know who is here you're not alone with this work it's kind of monumental work okay there's lots of Okay, so, so I'd like to speak about the elements meditation. Which, you know, really brings home the concept of anatta or emptiness, interbeing, entanglement, or however we want to call it. And it's very clear, you know, it's not nothingness it's not that the body doesn't exist of course it does because i can see your bodies on the video and you can see mine so it does exist but it doesn't exist in the way we think it exists and that's what we want to change that's why we are doing this practice the assumptions gonna get changed and what we start to understand more and more deeply is this body doesn't exist from its own side, but the coming together of the elements. And it's constantly changing. And 
it said, you know, that within seven years, all of the elements of a body are changed, you know, by the different things we do, going to the bathroom, crying, cutting our hairs, cutting our nails, bleeding, sweating, and all of the other ways, you know, how things are released from the body and through eating and breathing and drinking with, with you know, add things to it. So this is a constant change. And, you know, to know that intellectually is, is a good beginning, but then we need to experience it individually through the meditation, consciously experiencing it. And that's what changes us. Because the mind responds to training. Otherwise, you know, meditation wouldn't make any sense. And it slowly but surely, you know, helps to shift our identity from personal identity to a much more universal identity so that we start to intuitively understand. And that's not through thinking, but through direct experience to understand that, that the planet and us, we are not different. And it's something, you know, it kind of sounds unbelievable that this can happen but it does that's what the meditation does but it not just by meditating once but it, it needs to be a consistent practice and it's, it's a deconstruction of assumptions which leads to a de-identification with this body as I and me and mine you know, through consistent application, it slowly changes. And yeah, it leads to letting go of clinging at that this body is me and mine. And uh, we see ourselves increasingly more, you know, as part of nature. And we, we understand, you know, that we never actually cut the umbilical cord to nature, to the, to the planet. We constantly receive and give back. And over time, you know, this uh, leads to a growth of a maturation of our way how we relate. And... Uh, yeah, it's a very powerful practice and it is around for over 2,500 years. It's you know, in the first establishment of mindfulness, the four Satipatthana, which are the template for Buddhist meditation. The first one has three parts and the elements is one part. First one is the body parts, the elements and meditation on death. That's the three different practices which are part of the first establishment of mindfulness and then the second establishment of mindfulness is feeling tones the third one is mind states and the fourth one is principles of experience so it's a very ancient practice but at the same time it's also very cutting edge right now it's the main practice, I think, which we need to do in order to grow up and grow out of these old ways of looking at ourselves. So, you know, let us find a posture we can sustain for about 30 minutes. And, uh, you know, connecting with the body as it's sitting here on a cushion, on a chair, feeling the gravity, you know, which shows us where we belong. As long as we have a body like this, we belong here. And allowing again, allowing the breath to take you into the body.
and then touch one of your fingernails with uh, with one of your uh, pointing fingers and touch the fingernail on the thumb and feel that hardness of the fingernail. That's earth element. That's the quality of earth element. So, you know, this meditation is a, isn't about telling you what earth element is, but it's not descriptive, but prescriptive. The Buddha, you know, teaches us what to do in order to directly experience earth element, its quality. And when we touch the fingernail, we feel the hardness, the structure, hardness as opposed to softness, the structure of earth element. And we can you know, particularly connect with it in the fingernails and the teeth and in the bones. The hardness, a body without earth element, it just wouldn't be able to be upright or walk. And now, you know, I'm going to give instructions with uh, just a very simple body scan. And please, you know, don't overthink it, just allow the mind to respond. And if your mind wanders off, just gently bring it back to my words and allow the mind to respond. There's nothing particular you need to do or feel or anything. Just, you know, to whatever degree the mind can stay with this instruction, that's good enough. So we're starting with the hardness, which we can connect with in the bones. We start on the top of the head, hardness, earth element. Then we come down over the jaw to the neck, hardness, earth element. The shoulders, hardness, earth element. The arms, hardness, earth element. The hands, hardness, earth element. Then we come to the torso with the rib cage and the spine, hardness, earth element. Then the hips, hardness, earth element. And then we come to the legs, hardness, earth element. Then the feet, hardness, earth element. This whole body is permeated by earth element. Earth element internally and earth element externally in the mountains and the rocks is exactly the same earth element. Earth element is empty, empty of a self. And if we don't, you know, take in earth elements through food for more than one or two months, the body cannot sustain itself. There must be a constant exchange between the biosphere and the body. And for the earth element, you know, to be able to hold us up, it needs to be mixed with water element. Otherwise it would be just a quicksand. So that brings us to the next element, water element, which the body consists about 75% of water. 
and you know we can become aware of the water element in the fleshy parts of the body which permeated by blood and other liquids the softness of the flesh between the bones and the skin so we can start at the feet and feeling uh, flesh the softness of the flesh water element and water element stands for cohesion wetness fluidity so from the feet we sweep up to the legs water element the hips water element torso water element with all of the organs inside and the different liquids the hands water element the arms water element the shoulders water element neck water element head water element the whole body is permeated by water element water element internally and water element externally in the rivers and the lakes the oceans and the rain clouds is exactly the same water element water element is empty empty of a self and if we don't ingest water element as drink and beverages and water for more than a week this body is going to shut down it's going to fall apart and for a water element you know to be able to make up a body it needs to have a certain temperature if it's too cold it freezes and if it's too hot it evaporates so there's only a certain temperature range which water can make up a body and that brings us to the next element the fire element which stands for heat as opposed to cold and we can feel it on our skin you know where the skin meets the temperature in the room we can either feel it hot or cold or neutral that's fire element and starting to sweep again from the top of the head over the face and the, down to the neck it maybe can feel the temperature in the mouth and then from the neck we come to the shoulders feeling the temperature underneath our armpits or in our armpits and then we come to the arms fire element the hands fire element the torso fire element the hips fire element legs fire element and the feet fire element this whole body is permeated by fire element fire element internally and fire element externally is exactly the same fire element all coming from the sun in some way 
And if we don't you know, have the right temperature within which our bodies can live, we will either you know, die from too much cold or too much heat. So we need that constant exchange with the sun. That was the four elements, earth, water, fire, and now we come to wind element, which stands you know, for motion and for pressure, expansion and contraction. We can particularly become aware of that with the breathing process. So with the in-breath, becoming aware, you know, how the body expands. And with the out-breath, you know, relaxing into the space in which we are sitting. With the in-breath, allowing the body to expand and with the out-breath relaxing into the space. And the space element is inside of the body in the, you know, the different cavities such as the mouth and the ears, the eyes. It's, you know, which doesn't end at the walls of this room where we are sitting in, but this ex expands limitless space. We can, you know, relax into that space. And allow the breath, you know, to expand. Our perception of space as we are breathing out and relaxing into that. And we can listen to the space. Listen to the silence. And if you notice, you know that the mind wanders off into thinking about something, just dropping that and gently now coming back to listening to the space and the silence.
And then, you know, letting even go of the space and of the silence and just becoming aware of that which knows about the space and the silence. So making a U-turn, so to say, so to speak. Being aware of that which knows about the space and the silence. Not going into thinking about that, but just allowing the mind to respond to the degree it can right now. Conscious awareness. So just being that which knows, being the knowing and resting at that, as that. That's the sixth element, the consciousness. Earth, water, fire, wind, space, and consciousness. So that training, you know, brings it home that we are not separate from all else, which consists of those same elements. It is a process, it is a flow. It's a flux. And this separate phenomena or the phenomena which appear to be separate, they are not existing from their own side, but they're like patterns of being which are constantly arising and ceasing like waves. on the surface of the ocean. And then deeply entangled with each other, interbeing. And if we are, you know, through this training, if we are slowly letting go of those uh, old stories of separation, then new answers will become available to us. And this is our evolutionary threshold moment where it becomes clear that this is a transition from an old way of looking at ourselves and life on this planet, which needs now to give way to a different way of seeing which is deeper and wider and which we can train ourselves in just in the same way as we can go to the gym to train our physical muscles we can meditate and train up the muscles of our minds it's not rocket science it can totally be done and it takes only a certain percentage of the population to 
understand this shift, it will then radiate out into the mainstream society. This is how all big changes have happened in the past. You know, as the apes came down from the trees and started to walk upright, when the first fish came on land and developed legs or other ways of motion, the Renaissance, all movements, they have started in a small way first and then they became more and more integrated. This is an art and a science. And it's a serious moment for our species now. And it needs all of us, you know, the ones who can understand to participate. And to, you know, pass on that information, not through talking about it too much, because not everyone is ready to hear this, but through living from that place that is contagious. That speaks without words. We can become you know, the immune system for planet Earth, which you know opens up a healing process. And in the beginning, you know, it's it's gonna get it's gonna be like an infection. In the beginning, it's hard, but then if we can stay with that, it starts to turn and shift. And then, you know, through that uh, training, new capacities will come forth, which are already rudimentary laid down in our equipment, these bodies and minds, but we need to awaken them through training. And it's particularly important to do that together as a community, You know, making ourselves available for this important transition. So and then, you know, for the last few minutes of the meditation, coming again back to the breathing. Feeling the, you know, the wind element 
and the changingness of the breath. Now we're going to be coming to a change as well as the meditation ends. I'm going to don't have a bell, but I have a small rattle here. Coming back to the body and you know, slowly opening your eyes. And then, you know, if any one of you would like to say something or share something with the group or comment or maybe ask a question, we have some time for that left. And Ileana will uh, unmute you. I think you can raise your Zoom hand or also you could uh, write a question or comment into the chat and Ileana will... Uh, share it with us. So whatever works for you, please uh, feel free. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.